Welcome to Real Money Talks. Real strategies from the money makers and the world changers that you can use to make millions, keep those millions, multiply your wealth, and build your team. Here's your host, author of five New York Times bestsellers, money expert on Dr. Phil, CNN, CNBC, The Street TV, Fox News, and The View, Laurel Langmire. Hi, this is Laurel, and welcome back to Laurel's Real Money Talks, a podcast that talks about how to make money, how to keep money, how to invest it, and why a team is so critical. And there's a lot of facets to the team and just the approach of making money and things that get in your way. And today I have Jennifer Beal with me. She's a very powerful influencer in Toronto. We met back up in the last week or so, and I thought, oh my gosh, I have to have her on my podcast. Um, Powerful woman, a big connector in the Toronto markets, men, women, business owners, and speaks really to women in business and things that get in their way. So I just wanted to have a talk today. So Jennifer, welcome to Laurel's Real Money Talks. Yeah, thank you, Laurel. Thanks for inviting me on to come on here and talk and help women out and be more powerful, be more empowered, be more empowered as a woman in our lives. Yeah, so let's talk about that. So first of all, tell us a little bit about you, and then uh, let's get to some of the questions. And we are going to focus it towards women and not just women empowerment, like I think a lot of people think the woo-woo stuff. But I'm going to say, you know, what I appreciate about Jennifer's well, she became a millionaire in our, we're using our systems and she's uh, uh, powerful in her own right. But you know, so many women just don't get to the, I'm going to say the essence of what could really change them and change their trajectory. So we're going to have some of those conversations and those of you listening, give tips. And for those of you that are men out there listening around the world, these are some uh, tips you can use with your women. So first start off a little bit, Jennifer, have you been from Toronto? What's your kind of path and how you got here? Yeah, well, I just surpassed the million mark, which just kind of astounds me because I never thought that that was possible for me. So it's not like I'm somebody who kind of knew what they were doing. You've been a huge influencer on my life and you've taught me how to do this and I took it to heart and it took me quite some time to put it into place. Maybe I'm a slow learner or whatever, but learn I did and I've actually done it. So thank you so much for the work that you're doing, how you're making a difference because it's worked for me. And I never would have thought this because I know you're a farm girl from Nebraska. Well, I was just a giant. And when I look back on my life, you know, I had ended up living on this. I was a drunk in my teens. I was a mess. I had no direction whatsoever. And I'm grateful for things that inspired and turned me around in my life. The people that loved and cared about me, and they saw things in me that I didn't see. They believed in me more than I believed in myself. And I think that's how things change for us. We must care about us and want to see us successful. And I was just blessed that they were there. And I think something just happens externally and, and it goes internally, or at least it did for me, where these people that believed in me and wanted to see better things for me, I started to believe. And when I started to believe it, I started to behave differently in my life. And I started making different decisions that have led me now being where I am, I pinch myself. Like, I can't believe that my life is so good. I'm in <laughs> I've got a network up here of about 16,000 business owners. We do things together. We help each other. We support one another and encourage one another. I am surrounded by phenomenal people all the time. And that's what makes things good for people. So, Jennifer, one of the things that we were on a panel together and, you know, we were talking about what behaviors, things that keep us successful. Talk a little bit about your routine. I thought it was fascinating. I have a routine 
I wrote about it in my Yes Energy book. So talk a little bit about your routine as a starting point, and then we'll go into some things around the feminine power, how to keep it supercharged. And I think that the routine and that commitment to your values and who you are is a big part of your success. Yeah, well, you know, I've always had a routine of some kind every day, just I was very unconscious about the things I was doing, and a lot of what I was doing was not leading me to where I wanted to go. I changed that all up after I met you. And so now I have a morning routine. I wake up at 10 to 6. I get up immediately. I don't sleep in. I get up immediately, and I make my bed. Completion. And then I just set my mindset up for the day that everything's about completion. And then I brush my teeth, let the dogs out, have breakfast, go to the gym. Completion, completion, completion. I'm a completion freak now. (laughs) So whenever I start something, I want to complete it. And so I have this morning ritual I do. I eat well, I go to the gym, I take really good care of myself, and I keep my energy maximum. I never do anything anymore that I don't want to do. Something's in my life and I don't want to do it, it goes. And then I have an afternoon ritual where I do things over lunch hour again, get this energy back up where it needs to be. Because afternoons I can kind of flail and feel like I'm not really productive or whatever, and I want to keep my productivity up every day as high as possible because I only want to work five hours per day. And then in the evening, I do what I want to do, which is I want to hang out with people, or maybe I need solitude, I want to read, I want to, whatever, catch up, learn something. So then, and just before I go to bed, I have another ritual of how I kind of unwind and get myself into a place so I get six to eight hours of sleep every single night. I need much of it to be able to be a high-producing person during the day. Mm, that's great. So talk about the three things that you think women need to say that supercharged feminine space, because... We have a little bit better, let say, agility as women to go back and forth between our male and female energies. But talk about the, the three things you see that women need to stay supercharged. Yeah, the feminine these, are, these are must-haves for women. Number one is serenity. We must be serene in our life. We must have harmony with the people in our life and in our situations. So as soon as serenity is disrupted, it must be restored back again. And so to find ways... To become serene again is critical for a woman to be just like, if there's disruption in our life, I don't know about men, but I know for me and most women, our brains, you know, we've got a very active amygdala at the back of our brain, that little part that does the feeling stuff, and we worry, you know, extensively or whatever. That's got to calm down. It's got to calm down. And so immediately, that's what I do is I do things to keep my serenity. The second thing is to be strong. We must find things that fill us up and not get to that point where we're drained. So I have a list, really, really big, on things that I know that fill me up. And I, all day long, I'm filling myself up. So I rest to work rather than work to rest. It's constant fill up so I always have the energy to do the things that I want to do. And these can be things from having a bubble bath to taking my dogs for a walk on the beach to um, gardening to calling a friend, to eating some good food, to going to the gym, whatever it is that makes me feel strong. So we need serenity. We need to be strong. And as women, we must be connected. We have got to have great people in our life. And I think also a spiritual connection is really important as well. And so to do things, to give that time and make sure that we are staying connected to the people and um, whatever the, the faith is that we choose to have or spiritual understanding that we have to spend some time with that and make sure that those relationships are nurtured constantly. Those three things, being serene, strong, connected, those things keep a woman powerful, more powerful than anything. 
Mm, I love that. So let's talk about earning money because I think I've earned money since I was young. It's not been a difficult thing. I love teaching people how to make money. Um, you can go through your ups and flows around the energy, but key principles about earning money for women. And I know some of that's going to be stuff that I've taught you, but I want to hear it from you. It's actually all the stuff that you've taught me. One thing that I would say first and foremost is needing a money-making machine. When you taught me that, it changed how I saw everything. And it's like, yeah, I want a money-making machine. So I set out and I've got a money-making machine now. And this money-making machine has seven-figure potential to it. Even though I'm not making seven figures per year, it doesn't matter. I've learned that running a six-figure business or a seven-figure business model is exactly the same as I just need to bring more people. So that's that's number one would be having that money-making machine. And another principle you taught me is that my business must serve me. I do not serve my business. I am not going to be a slave to my business. I work five hours per day, sometimes a little bit more, but I am not working every day of the week. I am having life, and this business serves me and makes me the money so that I can afford the lifestyle I want. That, I think, was huge, Laurel, that one single thing. And I meet women all the time who are talking about all the things that they're doing in their business, and essentially, and I used to be this way, slaves. No, we need to be masters of our business, not slaves to our business. That's one of those yep. Absolutely. integrated inside of me. I'm making money. And then um, focus and productivity. In those five hours, I only focus on top-level things that make me the most amount of money. And so anything that comes across my desk that people want me to do or whatever, I go in and make sure that it's going. it has the potential to make the kind of money that I want to in my business. And if it doesn't, I don't take it on. And I'm also now helping people so that we can make more money together if they're coming in with something that's a little bit too small. So those are and just speak to that a little bit, as you're working with women um, and now that you're a millionaire and doing it your way, right, because it is a big difference. You know, and you and I were just at that same seminar. We've been to many places, you know, that are similar. And so many people are struggling, especially, I'm not going to say women, it's women and men below that 100,000 mark. What do you see in... Now that you've crossed that chasm to the millionaire instead of the 100,000 heir, what would be some advice you'd give to those 100,000 heirs that are standing out there going, you know, damn, I can see it, but I can't get to it? Well, I think what's really important is being really clear about what you want and how you want your life to live. So when I got that clarity, then all of a sudden I started being able to say no to things that wouldn't align with that. And so it becomes important to learn how to say no to opportunities, things that come along, unless they actually support the vision I have and, and what I want. And I think somebody else should do that as well as clarity. Be clear about what you want. Warren Buffett said, you know, make a list of 25 things that you want and then prioritize them and then take the top five and never focus on the other 20 again. And I did that. So now when I get up every day, if it doesn't align with my top five things, I just say no. It becomes really easy to make those decisions. And a second thing I think that maybe women are experiencing more than men are is being fragmented in their lives. They've got their business here. They've got their family here. They've got their community here. Maybe their kids are in sports and they're pulled all over the place and they want to volunteer and then they want to go and socialize with people. And, and so they're fragmented all over the place. And there's a way to actually defrag 
and I call it convergence, um, that's how it was taught to me, taking every area of my life and starting to bring it together in ways like um, all of my friends own businesses. So I don't really care if I'm socializing with people and we want to talk business, we're converged. And you know, my purpose is in my business, my calling and my career, they now overlap. So now I don't feel like I have to go and volunteer somebody to feel like I'm useful in this world. Creativity, I don't need to have hobbies like painting and pottery or whatever it is people want for their hobbies. <laughs> but now my creati- creativity, I learned, Laurel, is something inside of me that needs to be satisfied. How I do it yeah. doesn't matter. And so I get creative in my business and I get creative in other people's businesses and I get that yeah. satisfaction. So now all of a sudden my life, I'm, I'm, it's hugely rewarding because I've converged everything together and I'm not pulled all over the place anymore. And I live from this spot where it all seems to overlap. And I have tons of energy, you know, getting older, but I have more energy and more productive and I'm more focused. I'm getting more results in my life. It's really exciting. Well, in, you know, one of the, the, another way that I speak to that is, and I've said it, my gosh, since I was probably in my early 20s, is I think it's really interesting because we've grown up in this space of you have a personal life and a professional life. And as entrepreneurs, we have a life. So that convergence for most people that have lived separate lives, you know, and I speak to their rules, like I think they have odd rules. You know, their rules have come from their families or their friends or some routine that they really didn't consciously choose. It just came about and here they are in this life and a pattern that they didn't really design. And I, I always love them, you know, actually categorically as a way to, to structure it, for those of you listening, is, you know, put everything down in your personal life and your rules and then put your professional life and then do what Jennifer just said, bring it together to have a life. It clears out a lot of clutter. It sure does, yeah. And then doing well, it is, what you want to do every single day. Well, a big piece of this, too, and I think a lot of people have known in the last year or so, is the legacy work that I love to do with families and their kids. And, you know, to have a that separate life if you're a parent, it's really stressful. I mean, it puts in dimensions of your life that don't have to be there. Once you converge and you have one life, and it's a very integrated life is what I call it, it clears out so many rules and instructions. I mean, it drives me crazy when parents say they can't take their kids out of school. I'm like, really? Mm-hmm. Like, you'd rather have an attendance award than a world experience award? The decision about some of these things are crazy. So let's move on back to women. I just had to poke at that one because I thought that's just so near and dear to my heart. Talk about building a hub, why it's critical for women in business, and what's a hub in your vernacular. So I've been networking for 18 years now, and as I said, I have a very large network up in Toronto. But a hub is different than a network. A hub is um, filled with the right kind of people that want to support you and see you successful. And so in business, the hub needs to create three types of people. Number one is you need to have your clients. And then two is you need to have referral partners and influencers who can bring you more clients. And three is you need collaborators. So the hub consists of those three people. And then those three people are the types of people that you're spending most of your time with for marketing. If you nurture those relationships in your hub, you will start getting more fully qualified, what I call hot traffic, coming into your business. And what I typically see is that people are out there doing marketing tactics, build big lists that are cold, and they're spending a lot of time trying to nurture those relationships and make them warm, and then from warm to making them hot. 
And the hub approach is different because we can just eliminate all of that time you have to spend nurturing those relationships to warm them up. Let's just go and find people who are warm and hot and let's keep those relationships hot all the time. And the hub concept where it's like the relationships are there and we're spending time getting to know each other and do life together and we encourage each other and somebody falls down and somebody else picks them up and so it's filled with people that really care about one another. I call them people who care. And so I want to just speak to that because I'm also, at some level, I'm interestingly known as a contrarian about women because at International Women's Day or Women's Day, I'm always interviewed in the press because I have a different opinion. I don't think, you know, we're being bashed or we're being paid less. I think we're paid less because women don't know how to negotiate. I know I am paid, and it sounds like you are now, at the value or even higher than the men that are in my category. So I think that women, all that being said, I think that women do more damage to women than men do to women or other people do to women. Would you agree with that or how would you speak to that? Because I think without that hub, and you know, it triggered my thought in this conversation is being in collaboration. And I think women know how to do it to a point, but they're the fastest and first to turn on each other. You know what? In weird situations. They certainly are. And so it becomes a way of development. And a lot of who I became came from people who cared about me, believed in me, nurtured me, and encouraged me to be who I am. And so I learned how to do it through them. And I'm, I'm telling you, women must, must, I don't know about men so much because I think men can be more individual. Women, we have evolved to need each other. We are such social beings. The neuroscience is coming out on it now that if you are not connected to healthy people, you get sick more often. If you get sick, you recover slower. You know, it goes all the way down to if you're in a hospital and you don't have friends and family coming to visit you, the nurses actually treat you worse than if you did. Studies are done on this stuff, and it's because we need people. We are social beings. We can't do it alone. So women need to come together and they need to help each other and they need to find like-minded people that will do it. And when somebody comes along who wants to tear them down, you know, they need to end that relationship or they need to try and transform that person into seeing things can be different to encourage one another and raise each other up. Our well-being depends on it overall. The science shows it. Absolutely. Switching gears, I'm going to go back to business. I mean, I want to go back to just from that hub, from all their conversation, making money. You make money by getting clients. So I know it's like a huge, you know, left turn in our conversation, but I have to get to that one before our time runs out. And in your networking, I think you uh, you do a great job of influencing clearly. What's the word I'm looking for? Graceful? You know, I'm known for the intense, 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 right? I'm kind of known for that. I've kind of brought, I put it, that into my brand to be that, you know, intense, let's go get clients and sell. And you saw the other day, I mean, people run to the stage and give me money. It's So, I mean, I have fun with that whole thing as part of my brand. But how do you do it as a networker? Because yours is more, maybe more natural is a better, like a word that I'm saying. Like, how do you do what? I'm not quite sure what you're asking. Oh, I'm sorry, get clients. How do you go get clients from a networking perspective? And the reason why I picked to, to our point specifically to networking is so many women go networking for girlfriends. They're not networking for business. Yeah, I've developed a process for doing this, and it's my own process. And what um, I'll just compare the two different ways that I typically see people doing something. So on one side, you see people going out there, and they attend an event, and they want to meet people. And when I go to an event, I go to an event, and I find people. I'm not there to meet people. I'm there to find people. I know specifically who I want to find. 
I want to find people to go in my hub. I want clients, but referral partners and collaborators. That's what I'm looking for when I'm going out to an event. And then when people go there and they're meeting people and then they're pitching what they have, they're trying to sell people or pitch people about who they are. And instead of doing that, what I do is I meet people and I talk with them about who they are, what they want. And then when they tell me what they want, I tell them I can help them get it. And when I tell them I can help them get it, it's like saying like that, Laurel, I get an appointment. And I book an appointment with them right on the spot. I never have to follow up with anybody. And then I jump on a call with them or maybe meet them in person and I help them get what they want. And then in turn, they're going to help me get what I want. And that's how I do it. As opposed to this pitching and exchanging business cards and then chasing each other to book an appointment. And then you follow up, follow up, follow up. And there's some crazy follow up eight to 12 times now because everybody's doing that. I'm like, like, can we just cut the crap? I'm there to book appointments with you. I'm there to do business. Let's book an appointment and let's see if we can make some stuff happen together. And if I help you and you help me, it's going to work much, much better. And that's my whole philosophy in it. That's awesome. It <laughs> helps really to, to do it there. Just let's do business. And I think a lot of people, as to your point, are going out there and just meeting people and socializing and they're wondering, well, I think a lot of people are negative about networking, thinking it doesn't work. And yes, if you take that other approach, it doesn't work very well at all, if at all. And you know, like I know, um, and I talked about it a lot, you know, I was on stage the other day, is, you know, I have a theme in the last few years. I said, most people have ideas, they don't have deals, because I get pitched deals all the time. And it comes in the form of a damn good idea, maybe even a good idea, no business plan, no financial model. So when you're doing your networking, because I find that's where a lot of ideas lie, what are some strategies, techniques, things you can share with our listeners on how to start moving it towards that deal? I mean, without the follow-up, because you and I have a little bit different process. I'm the pursuer, probably a little more in that sales structure because I have a big team. How do you do that? How do you help craft the deal? And are you finding that you're the one having to craft the deal? Because I find 99% of the time, if if I do business with somebody, I usually have to take the idea or the potential joint venture and take it to a deal, take it to paper, take it to the contractual details. Are you finding you do that or what? give some insight to how you do that? Yeah, well, you know, I, I mean, I do have an entire process that needs to be followed to be able to do deals. So I think that would be one that people need to have that process and learn it. But I think the other thing is, is one thing I'm really, really, really good at is zeroing in and fast, whether it's smoke or whether there's fire there. I'm looking for a fire. I'm looking for people who are on the ground, ready to go. We can do, we can make, like, if I bring you five people tomorrow, you can convert those people and do business with them. I'm not looking for people who have ideas and dreams. I got my own dreams. <laughs> you know? So, and I find, you know, Laura, I find a lot of people out there are telling me what they're going to do instead of what they're going to do. I'm looking for now business. I'm looking for now, and I just ask a few questions to figure out is it now or is it in the future. If it's in the future, I'll say to them, "You're welcome to come back anytime you want when it's on the ground, ready to go, and we can make some money tomorrow or today." That's what I'm looking for. That's a good start for me anyway. And then we can go through the process and we can negotiate how it'll work and how the money will work and when we're going to do it and all of this. We can we can figure that out. But there's got to be something tangible there first. Absolutely. So 
last words. I mean, we're coming kind of up to the end. How do people reach you if they want to connect with you? If there's a Toronto market, we'll be doing uh, more and more. So those of you listening, uh, stay tuned and watch for uh, Jennifer Beale and myself. And on the podcast, just to be for me or a uh, direct introduction to Jennifer, you can always go to askloral, A-S-K-L-O-R-A-L.com. Put in your name, your number, your information, make a request, ask a question, and uh, my team is constantly in that uh, inbox and making sure that things are moving along and you're getting uh, what you're asking for. So, Jennifer, how would people reach you and what would be your last words of wisdom to those listening? Okay, yeah, to, to reach me, if you want to get access into the Toronto business market, I'd be really happy to, to make some introductions for you and, and it would start with a conversation. You go to jenniferbeal.com. That's my schedule. You just go in there and book a 15, 20-minute uh, call with me and we can talk about what your idea is and see if there's a fit. And if there is, I'd be happy to bring you into Toronto. So, Jennifer, I appreciate you being on. Uh, last words of wisdom to our audience. Yeah. You know, my encouragement for anybody listening is learn what a great person is and go out and seek some and get them in your life. You can never have too many of these people in your life. And great people are people that want to see you successful. They can they believe in you. They see who you are. They let you who you really are. They care that you're going to be successful and start building up a community, a hub of people that are like that around you, and you just watch how you skyrocket when you start doing that. You're affected so deeply by people, and you need great ones in them. And uh, that's probably the best advice I could encourage anybody to start with. Awesome. Jennifer, I appreciate you being on. Uh, One of many times we'll be back in connection, and uh, our audience will be hearing from you. So thanks for being on today. You know, Laurel, thank you so much. Thank you so much, one, for having me as a guest, but thank you so much for being in my life. Thank you for the work that you're doing for other people. You are making a significant difference, and I really appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you. And those of you listening, uh, stay tuned. We are a weekly podcast. comes out at the end of every week. Download Laurel's Real Money Talks if you're enjoying uh, any of our series. Pass it on to your friends. You can download on any of the app stores, uh, iTunes, and uh more and more coming. My goal, I'm just going to put it out loud on my podcast so other podcasters are listening. Uh, I want this to be broadcast to radio shows this year because I think uh, we have a lot of lives to change. So stay tuned. Stay tuned for more on Laurel's Real Money Talks. Coming up soon in uh, the podcast will be more of a legacy series, a co-author of a multimillionaire who's also in our community, retired naval officer, uh, cool, amazing guy, Cal Beckman will be on. Another gentleman, Rod Myers, will be on who runs EB-5 centers here in the United States and how international money can come into the United States. So a lot of amazing broadcasts coming up. So stay tuned and pass it on to your friends. Talk soon. Thanks for listening to the Real Money Talks podcast. Your host has been Laurel Langmire, author of five New York Times bestsellers, money expert on Dr. Phil, CNN, CNBC, The Street TV, Fox News, and The View. Want to learn more about off Wall Street investing, tax strategies, and multi-million dollar business strategies? Visit liveoutloud.com slash podcast for past episodes, show notes, and resources. For some special wealth building gifts only for Laurel's podcast listeners, visit liveoutloud.com slash podcast gifts. Do you have a burning question for Laurel? Visit asklaurel.com to submit your question, and it may just be covered on a podcast episode. 
So stay tuned and be sure to subscribe to get new episodes every week.